Ah, BBC Sherlock. Once the standout darling of Sherlock adaptations, time has not treated you well. Coming in at 16th place is season one of the show. Decades of various Sherlock Holmes adaptations have tried to reinvent Doyle's wheel in so many ways, and in 2012, Stephen Moffat and Mark Gaddis managed to coax the BBC into one enormous stab at bringing the famous crime-solving icon into the modern day. Whilst the initial response was favourable, going back to watch the series these days really leaves you questioning what the hype was about. You're listening to Death of the Reader, this is review season. The first season of the show features three seemingly disconnected adventures. First, A Study in Pink features a reimagining of Doyle's A Study in Scarlet, wherein the enigmatic recluse Sherlock Holmes is paired with Afghan war veteran Dr. Watson to solve the murder of a woman found dead in an apartment that appears to be the latest in a series of induced suicides. The second features a delve into the criminal underworld of antiquities trading after a robbery investigation uncovers a little more than was bargained for. The third predictably ties the others together after a series of bomb threats are foretold through taunting texts to Sherlock with revelations about the previous cases. The true triumph of this series is the way that all of its episodes manage to retain the swashbuckling spirit of Doyle's work, with staggeringly good performances by Benedict Cumberbatch and Martin Freeman. Their relationship is well-written, absurd, and captivating, as their working dynamic goes from completely non-functional to fluid and practiced without a moment of exposition. Whilst the choice of ditching Watson's cane in the first episode did draw some ire from Herds, I think it was the right choice as it made way for more interesting explorations for his desire for purpose. Perhaps that is foresight of later seasons speaking through me, but I prefer it that way. Acting-wise, the show manages to thread the needle between credible drama and professional wrestling effortlessly, as the performances creep ever closer to that edge of excess without ever going quite too far. Even the most egregious performance by Andrew Scott truly captures a character with intensity that has no right to be quite as ludicrous as it is, but is all the more enjoyable for it. Even the intentionally unbearable Mycroft wears his sense of superiority as a weapon, as showrunner Mark Gaddis clearly has far too much fun with the role. Despite the character being devilishly written, Mycroft really is that sore point for the show, as his role in the narrative seems completely superfluous and indicative of broader problems with the structure of the series. He seems a completely ineffective red herring in the first episode, and then appears only to pad out the runtime with every later apparition. Whilst his role in establishing Watson's trust with Sherlock is clearly set up as a big moment for the main cast, it does not land. These broader writing problems are no better encapsulated by the conflicting climaxes of the first and third episodes. After the name of Doyle's iconic Moriarty let slip in an emotional high and musical swell towards the tail of the first episode, the show decides to use exactly the same trick in the third, falling entirely flat because of it. Both Mycroft and the overarching scheme Moriarty seems to be masterminding really add nothing to the core mystery of every episode, and seemingly only exist to pull a half-hour script out by close to double. Their one strong contribution to the show was by empowering the cliffhanger at the end of the series, but given that you don't have to endure the full year and a half of its initial release to see it resolved, I do not think it will work nearly as well. The other complaint I hear leveled at the show often enough is the absurd ways in which it chooses to portray Sherlock's massive intellect with aggressively flashing images of the things passing through his mind. After we watch the scene where Sherlock and Watson attempt to outrun a cab on the streets of London, as the map of the city traces their path, Herds made me pause the show so we would have a moment to process and rant about the confusing mess of visual noise we'd just witnessed. He hated it, but I love it. It is in these moments of valiantly attempting to portray an unrivaled mind that the show finally bears what it truly is. Just silly. If you go into this show expecting to roll with the punches it hurls at you, and for things to not make sense, to be blown out of proportion and completely overstate how complicated they are, 
you will have a blast because the chaos is the best part. Despite what years of fan theories and suspenseful cliffhangers may have tried to say, this show is not nearly as serious as it pretends to be, and that is the best reason to return to it after all these years. The reason this show is so far down the list is that it's just not technically competent as a mystery. The twists are either so glaringly obvious or so ludicrously unbelievable that it's nigh on offensive to call it a mystery story. That said, as long as you don't go in expecting anything more, it is an absolute riot. I will always have a soft spot in my heart for just how absurd this show is. Whilst I cannot in earnest recommend it anywhere near as much as the two more technically competent adaptations of Doyle's work we have higher up the list, do know that this show is always here if months of bone-dry Golden Age puzzles are wearing you down and you just need a change of pace. For all it does wrong, it manages to modernise Doyle's work in a very accessible manner, while keeping the adventurous spirit perfectly intact, and for that, we'll rank it just one small step higher than Doyle himself. 16th place. That is what we thought of season one of BBC Sherlock, created by Mark Gaddis and Stephen Moffat. Did you manage to survive the later seasons of the show? Let us know at Flex and Herds on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This is your murder mystery world tour, Death of the Reader, on 2SER 107.3.